Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and I'm going to talk to you today about the Kingdom of God. That's what I talk about every day, so it's not anything new, but at least we're going to talk here on LibertyRadioLive.com, and hopefully some of you will be listening. Uh, We'll even give you a call-in number later on so that you can call in, uh, and my co-host here, uh, Paul, will... uh, and I will help answer whatever questions you have. We've been do- started a little series on the rock. Uh, Peter was called the rock, uh, and he was called the rock because he knew something by the knowledge of God, by his knowing God, by the revelation of God. He knew who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah, the rightful king of Judea. And that's when Jesus was the king of Judea, accepted as king of Judea by many of the Jews. He was not rejected by the Jews. He was rejected by the Pharisees. And many of the Pharisees weren't even Jews. They were actually Edomites. But the reality is thousands of Jews accepted Jesus. Uh, Jesus was the king. He appointed the apostles. The apostles worked daily in the temple, a government building providing government services, just like any other government, and uh, assisting the people, appointing ministers uh, based on the election of the individual congregations of the people, which were usually ten families. And they began to create such a wave of influence throughout the Roman Empire and the world that just a, a couple hundred years later, Uh, Constantine tried to emulate what the Christians were doing because his own government was declining and falling, which is the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, Uh, which was, if you were to refer to the Roman Empire uh, in a common term of the day, you would use the word cosmos because it was a constitutional order or system of government. And many of the times when you read the word world in the New Testament, They're actually talking about that very thing, the Roman Empire, uh, this new world order of its day. That was the cosmos. It didn't really have anything in those days to doing with the the stars in the sky or anything like that. And if you read our pamphlet uh, and the book, Thy Kingdom Come, but our pamphlet on uh, not of this world, you will... uh, begin to understand that there are five different Greek words that are translated into world and the one cosmos actually means and this is according to you know Thayer's constitutional order or system of government because that's what it means it comes from the word camisa which means to take care of and governments have a tendency to take care of the people now the extent of the care that they offer depends upon what agreements you have with governments And governments can be elected, governments can be titular, governments can be autocratic, governments can have lots of power, governments can have a little bit of power. You can write up constitutions that limit their power. Uh, But uh, the point is, in some way or other, governments are to provide services to the people, to provide them with certain needs. And that's why we need government, because sometimes those needs require this organizational body in order to do this, Rome had devised a system of government 
500 years before Christ that was called a republic. It wasn't quite a pure republic, but it was fashioned much after the early uh, Israelite republic that was created by Moses. Yeah, Moses created a theocratic republic. God ruled and the people uh, came together. Uh, it was entirely supported by free will offerings. Levites couldn't kick in your door and compel you to, to pay in. You were to pay, you know, 10, 20, 30 percent of uh, what you produced in to support the government. But the government was really, in. if you look at the structure properly, look at the structure in the Hebrew language of the government created by Moses. It was a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. And it would be successful or fail depending on the hearts and minds of the people. Because if the people did not tend to the weightier matters, they would soon go into bondage. What are the weightier matters? Well, Christ listed them off. You can go into your church tomorrow and uh, ask your uh, preacher, what did Jesus call the weightier matters? If he can't rattle them off right at the top of his tongue, you ought to leave that church because he didn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't even know what the weightier matters are. He probably thinks the weightier matters are, you know, if you tithe to him or maybe uh, that you agree with the eschatology of that particular church or the private interpretation of the theologians uh, who created that church or run that church. But re the reality is the weightier matters are what Jesus says they are. And if they're attending to the weightier matters, the activities in your church will be way different probably than they are presently. Because you'll have to be tending to things like the law, judgment, mercy, and faith for everybody in your church. That means if somebody gets in trouble with the law, you your church should be right there for them. If somebody is abusing a member of your church. Uh, if somebody is uh, doing anything to you, the member of your church, if you're, if a member of your church has any need whatsoever, your church should be there for them. But that's not what's going on in churches today. There, those ministers today that are claiming to have the faith in Christ are actually sending you out to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority to obtain almost every single benefit you have access to and they are doing very little if anything uh, of what the early church was doing because the early church was the entire social welfare system of Christians now how did that work how did they know how to do this how, why were they doing this well they had always done this this is the kingdom of God and Jesus said I'm coming to take the kingdom away from you and give it to another now this wasn't new this idea of the kingdom of God if you go back in, in history, in, in Judaic history, uh, today is Yom Kippur, according to some Jewish calendars. And in that uh, holiday, uh, or holy day, uh, Yom Kippur uh, is also called the Day of Atonement, is one of the holiest and most solemn days of the year for Jews today. Uh, for some reason or other, I kind of became a little bit attached to this before I developed any kind of messianic approach to Christianity. But I just happened to see it on a calendar uh, about, I don't know, 30 years ago. <laughs> and uh, time flies. Uh, and said, uh, what's the Yom what's Kippur? Uh, a Day of Atonement. Uh, what's that? And it, it actually has to do uh, with the theme of repentance. 
And, of course, that's that's right up Jesus' alley. Uh, John the Baptist, I mean, they were calling about repentance. Uh, and But, you know, the word atonement and repentance really aren't identical. Uh, there's quite a bit of difference in the way we look at those words. Now, if we go back to original languages, they may be coming closer together, but as they have, as the meaning morphs over history of time, uh, they don't really mean exactly the same thing. Repentance really has a lot to do with turning around and going another direction, while atonement has to do with kind of like paying a price. Uh, the, the, the actual meaning... So is it the day of repentance or is it the day of atonement? Well, Christ Christ atoned for our sins, but it doesn't mean that we don't repent. So maybe we should call Yom Kippur the day of repentance. And so this would be a great day to start repenting. Because I personally believe, and a lot of other people are coming to that realization, that most of the people out there claiming to believe in Jesus Christ, just like the the uh, Pharisees claim to believe in Moses and God are actually in great need, great need of repentance, of turning around and going another way because they couldn't have gone farther away from the kingdom by following these modern churches than they have today. And that's because the modern churches haven't got a clue as to what that early church was doing. And that's really why I wrote the book, uh, Thy kingdom comes, because thy kingdom comes as thy will be done. If you're not going to do the will of God, if you're not going to seek to do the will of God, if you're not going to strive to do the will of God, then his kingdom is not going to come to you. And he's not even going to hear you. You're going to think it, you know, you'll get all excited about Jesus. I'm sure the Pharisees got all excited about God, but God didn't hear them. And they didn't know Christ when he came. How many Christians today would know Christ when he came? How many would hear his voice? Because he would be telling you not to pray to men who call themselves benefactors. Not apply to governments who exercise authority one over the other. Princes of the world. Of the constitutional orders and systems of government for your benefits. Why? Because that kind of Corbin, that kind of sacrifice to the people to provide you with your welfare is a snare... And it it makes the word of God to none effect. This is the theme of the gospel. It is not that Jesus is God. The fact is, Jesus is not your God just because you go to church. Your God is those who are the ruling judges of your life. And those are all those gods, many, that Paul talks about. And the reason those are the real gods of your life is because you have been praying to them for benefits for the last 60 to 100 years. Even though you know they don't give you anything out of their pockets. Matter of fact, they lie in their pockets just like the Pharisees at the time of Jesus Christ who were running the government. They lie in their pockets while they pick the pockets of your neighbors so that you can have benefits. But you're trapped in that very snare that you have created through these institutions of government, these socialist institutions of government. So you got a lot to repent uh, you went to public school? Who paid for that? Your neighbor was forced to pay. Now, maybe you paid a, your dad paid a lot of property tax, and maybe he paid for all your kids. That would have been over $36,000 a year for me in paying property taxes. I had six kids, but I didn't send them down to the public schools. I home taught them. 
And if you want to home teach your kids, that's great. But you need to get together in congregations of record so that you're united with people all across this country. And those congregations of record should be friends with all those other people that are homeschooling in little homeschooling clubs and work together and help them. Your congregation should be making allies of those people so that everyone who comes to your congregation and your neighboring congregations will have the support of everybody who sees the value of home education. That's kingdom building. That's seeking the kingdom. Seeking the kingdom is not just pouring over your Bible for four hours a day or five hours or six hours or eight hours a day. Seeking the kingdom is doing the will of God. And those people that are trying to homeschool their children at their own personal expense rather than forcing their neighbor to contribute to their child's education will be blessed many times over. And if you want to be a part of that blessing, you need to help them. You need to network with them and start becoming a part of that. So there's a point of repentance. Don't tell me you've turned around. Let's show me you've turned around. Jewish traditionally observe that holy day with a 25-hour period of fasting and intensive prayer, often spending most of the day in synagogues and services. Okay, what should you be doing on your day of repentance? Well, you certainly can fast, but can you fast from the benefits of the world that you're not supposed to be praying to at all? Do you have to send your kids to public school? Maybe you're a single mom. Or a single dad. Maybe the government's trying to force you to send your kids to that school. I actually know a fella who the government's trying to force him to send his kid to school. He's raised his kid, uh, his own son, by himself pretty much for the last 16 years. And they're trying to force him to put his child under the authority of the state. Now, when the child's 16, the state law says they don't have to do that anymore, but they're going to try to force him to do that anyway. And they are really being uh, stinkers about it, uh, to put it mildly. Where is the support from everybody else? Now, if he needed help, I know he'd get support from the, the rest of the our network. But what about single moms and and other people, and you're not a single mom now, maybe you've got a good family, what happens if your spouse dies? What are you going to do? You're going to run to the benefactors to exercise authority? What happens if both you and your husband die, killed in a car accident, and your five kids are now going to be gobbled up by the state and handed out to whoever they think is, seems fit? Why? Because you don't have any paper record. You don't have any will and testament. You don't have any baptismal certificates from your church that says, No, these are the people that should get custody of your children. Why? Because you haven't been tending to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. That's what our baptismal system, our birth certificate system is for. I don't care if you go out and get a state birth certificate. Uh, I don't recommend it, but I'm not going to tell you not to do that. I don't have any right to tell you not to do that. It's the first step in the direction of becoming a slave, but it's not the final step. And we list all three steps in the pamphlet, free online, of Call No Man Father. Just go to hisholychurch.org slash outline and search for Father. And eventually you'll see it in HTML and PDF. It's part of chapters of books. Uh, And it lays out to you exactly how Rome moved children from the custody of their parents to the custody of the state. 
And they did it. They started it with birth certificates, which were compelled in 168 A.D. by Marcus Aurelius. And you you had to register your child, uh, and that registration went into the Temple of Saturn, which was the Bureau of Vital Statistics. And Christians wouldn't do it, so they were heavily persecuted by Marcus Aurelius, who had the worst human rights record for persecuting Christians officially. Why? Because they they weren't praying to him for benefits. He was considered one of the most uh, uh, pleasant benefactors of the Roman Empire because he supplied lots of benefits, really cared about people, but he also was having to start to demand that people pay their fair share because it was bankrupting the government. You know, history does repeat itself. problem is modern Christians aren't repeating what Christ said to do. They've got their creeds right. They got their words right. They got their Bibles that they're reading, some of them. But they are full of damnable heresies. And they've gone back into the bondage of Egypt, and their churches have led the way. Because their churches aren't doing what Jesus said. And they need to repent. So there's a a lot of people needing to repent on this Yom Kippur. It's considered a date in which Moses received the second set of the Ten Commandments. I always wondered, was the first the same as the second, or did they change it slightly? I mean, if you go back in ancient, there are ancient copies of laws that did number as many as ten. But remember, Jesus reduced all ten commandments down to two simple basic commandments. Love God, but it has to be the real God, not just your imaginary God. With your whole heart, mind, and soul. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And it is not loving your neighbor to send men to their door, to kick in their door and force them to contribute to your welfare. That is not loving your neighbor. I just write that down, okay? Read that over and over again. That is not loving your neighbor. So, but we don't need the Ten Commandments anymore, right? Because we're not under the law. I always think that is just, I mean, it's almost hysterical, but it wasn't so tragic when people say that. We're not under the law. I had a guy tell me that once down in Paisley. Oh, thank heavens we're not under the law anymore. Moses' statutes and the Ten Commandments numbered, depending on how you count them, about 700 laws. I've read the U.S. codes, at least a lot of them. I haven't read them all because there's millions of laws. (laughs) Hundreds of thousands uh, uh, of laws and codes. And regulate. I mean, once you get through the U.S. codes, then you got the, uh, the federal regulations, and you know you're ruled by bureaucracies, and you're under those laws, and you're under those laws because you've been praying to those gods for your benefits, even though Jesus said you were not to be doing that. You were to pray to your Father in heaven if you need anything. Now, how does He supply it? He supplies it through the hearts and minds of all those other brothers you were gathering with that love you as much as they love themselves. Do you think those people in the pew next to you will take care of all your social welfare needs if you fell on hard times? Or will they send you to the men who call themselves benefactors who exercise authority? You see, they're not Christians. Now, they might repent 
Each of us has to get to our Yom Kippur and repent in order to obtain the atonement of Christ. Remember, God sent His Son that ye might be saved. Are you saved just because you accept the fact that Jesus is Jesus? Are you saved because you believe Jesus is God? The devil knows Jesus is God. He's just not going to do what God says or Jesus says. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm, it's still freezing out here. I'm out in our mobile studio. <laughs> Most of the ice is off of my windows now, so I must be warming up a little bit, but I can still see ice on other people's windows. I guess I've warmed it up in here. So... <laughs> If I don't get pneumonia trying to preach the gospel of the kingdom, I owe it all to God's grace. <laughs> you need to start seeking the kingdom. We need some Susannas who are going to support this ministry. Not so that I need, I don't need support personally. I grew 800 pounds of potatoes. I haven't got all my onions dug, and I think there's 200 pounds sitting on the porch. <laughs> And I don't think I got half of them, Doug. I produced enough seed for about 40 congregations and onions. And I haven't even started looking at my squash seed. Some of those squash I might need help carrying in. They're so darn big. Uh, we've developed a winter squash here. We didn't actually develop it. We've gotten a seed, and we've been looking for the right kind of seed for years. And that's another thing that you should be doing in the kingdom. Okay, if you're the government of the people, for the people, and by the people, then you need to have a governmental seed bank. Now, how would we do it? Would we uh, hollow out a mountain in Norway and put big, huge steel doors there to put all these seeds to protect them from the GMOs out there? Is that what we're going to do? No, that's what the, the cosmos of the world, the governments of the world and their constitutional orders have done, and the wealthy of the world have done, uh, men like Rockefeller who funded such a thing in Norway. And uh, Alayuads is another one in the mountain in the Andes, too, that they haven't even told you about because there's a huge enclave of people ready to flee down in South America to their little hideaways while they leave you out to dry. Now, because they think there's too many people in the world. Okay? I mean, they, I mean, you can't believe it. These guys stand up, you know, Gates and uh, Gorbachev and... You know, in the Presidio and all these guys, they stand up and say it right out loud. But if you mention what they're saying, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy. They got it on video. <laughs> they're saying it, that they want to reduce the world's population to about a tenth of what it is today. And the different figures, one-sixth with some, some a tenth. Some want to even go way down lower than that. It's kind of like... Uh, Dr. No or Strange Love, whatever that movie was. And then these guys actually think that. And they may get the opportunity to do it, but Christ wants to, you to have life more abundant. But you're not going to get it if you don't start repenting right now. So what does that repentance look like? It looks like you're turning around and heading towards the kingdom and studying the table of the Lord. That means you're going to have to come together to each of you to become instruments of the Lord. Because God has given each of you talents. I'm amazed at the amount of talent that is coming in our living network, which you should all be a member of. So during the break, run to hisholychurch.org. Don't walk. Run. 
Click on the guy with a net and join the Living Network. Connect with people in your local area. We're not connecting on the Internet. That's how we meet each other to begin with. Until then, we'll see you after the break. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Because you love the truth, LibertyRadioLive.com The Greatest Prophecy DVD of Cross the Border Productions. Embrace the little-known but greatest prophecy given by the Great High Priest. The pre-incarnate Messiah reveals God's once secret plan for mankind. Believe it. Behold the end times in Daniel chapter 2 because the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven-year great tribulation deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion because if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. Be forewarned. America in prophecy exposed for all to see. The mark of the beast. No, it's not a biochip. A much better and more secure technology is already here and you are already using it. Two copies, one for you and one for you to give away when you send a support donation of $25 to First Amendment Radio. Use the chip-in event on our website or send $25 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, California, 93274. Make copies and give them away. Send $25 cash for two copies of The Greatest Prophecy DVD. That's First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, T-U-L-A-R-E, California, 93274. A wise man is forewarned and prepares for the time to come. The Greatest Prophecy DVD. Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government takeover of the church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me.
Welcome back to Keys to the Kingdom on this Day of Atonement, uh, according to some Jewish calendars. Uh, that Day of Atonement uh, is a day of repentance. It was called uh, the Day of Atonement uh, because it was after the setting up of the golden calf and uh, the calling out of the Levites and the bringing down of the second uh, set of commandments given by God, which may have looked like the first, uh, but anyway, it's the ones that we got from that event. Most people don't understand all the details of that event. We go over that, some of that in uh, the book uh, Covenants of the Gods under Money versus Mammon, and uh, what the Golden Calf was was a central bank. All the city states had them, not all, but many of the city states had them. Uh, where they they didn't have uh, you know combination locks on their vaults, they had vaults, they had locks. Uh, but in order to guarantee a kind of uh, central bank uh, that you would be using some sort of city script in its place, often clay uh, objects that were carved and baked and uh, uh, made like a coin or a scarab. Uh, they put all the gold into a statue so that, that everybody could keep an eye on it together because they had to be, you know, if you put it in a vault like Fort Knox, it might not be there anymore. Uh, and you wouldn't know it. So thieves and robbers might break in and steal it. So they wanted it in this central statue to keep an eye on it, which unfortunately, the bigger the statue was, the more likely you might be invaded by others. But the idea was to keep you there because if you fled... You you left behind all your wealth, which was in the statue, because those little scarabs that you had weren't going to be worth anything. So it had this uh, kind of bad effect and good effect. It, it forced the loyalty of the people, but it also uh, made them more likely to become subject. They had nothing of value, and whoever controlled the access to the bank controlled the people, kind of like today. Because you've already cashed your gold and silver in the streets, and you don't have that anymore. You don't even have it in, uh, in, in the streets. It meant cast it into the cities, and you've uh, cast it into... You didn't even have it into statues. You don't even know if there's anything in Fort Knox anymore. And the reality is that if you were really in the kingdom, the gold would be in your own purse, and the silver would be in your own purse. And what would bind you together is love for one another, not love for gold in a, a central statue. I mean, this is so common that the, the Greeks referred to their statue as the uh, reserve fund. And occasionally they would saw off a piece of it and melt it down to coins to pay the army during uh, uh, really desperate times. And people didn't like them. Uh, uh, dipping into the reserve fund uh, because that was their social security. And, of course, we have the same thing down now, but we're very sophisticated about it. Most of our social security is computer entries, and we don't have anything of value. And if suddenly all that were to go off, you would all be totally bankrupt and have no ability to do anything. You don't even know how to be a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. So this is part of the uh, topic of the show is repentance because... Uh, they had to repent in order to receive atonement. And the, the same call came from John the Baptist, repent and seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because if you don't, you're not going to be saved. You're Because God sent his son that ye might be saved. 
And just saying that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, just saying that you believe in Jesus is just saying, Lord, Lord. And Jesus made a very big point out of the fact that just saying, Lord, Lord, is not what is important. It's doing the will of the Father. And doing the will of the Father means actually seeking uh, the ways of God and doing the ways of God, which if you read the book, That Kingdom Come, you know that it's actually gathering together and caring about one another. And you can't care about one another by not gathering together. And if you gather together in the modern churches, they don't really require that you care. Oh, they want you to turn towards each other and shake each other's hands. And, and occasionally, you know, a lot of the people give hugs. You know, we actually thought about at our next retreat that we would have little name tags. And we would label each tag hugger and non-huggers. <laughs> so that when you read their tag, you can see they're also they're a non-hugger. So don't try to hug them. Just shake their hand. And if they're a hugger, you can give them a hug, you know. And we might even label a few holy kissers uh, because that's what you're supposed to do is greet with a holy kiss. And that's, that was a little humorous note we had because uh, in our last retreat here, uh, we there was always those guys. Are you a hugger? Uh, you know the the one armed hugger, two armed huggers. You know where you got you're shaking their hand, but you put the other arm around their shoulder, and everybody's trying to figure out. Okay, what do I do? It's a little logistical thing there. But, uh, you know, I I I'm not really a hugger by nature, but I've learned to do it because I deal with so many people that are huggers. But Really, the point of bringing this up is that we do have an annual retreat, uh, Feast of Tabernacles. We would like to start having retreats on a regular basis. Some property has been, uh, uh, by the grace of God, uh, we have access to now. Uh, and uh, it's quite a, a, a large piece of property, but it's desert ground. And, and we're actually going to have uh, next year's uh, fall festival, which we've already started preparing for, is... Uh, going to be uh, the Bernie Bush Fall Festival uh, out here in Oregon or actually it's in Northern California, Nevada they have a thing called the Bernie Man very pagan uh, type gathering, it started with eight people from San Francisco and they came up and set up camp out there in the middle of an alkali lake, I mean it is white alkali ground if the wind picks up you can die out there and uh, they started gathering people, no commercialism. You just come and bring your own stuff, and everybody gathers, and they started putting on music and shows and stuff. And, of course, a lot of the people, very festive occasion, a lot of the people they gathered uh, are from all sorts of ideas and concepts and and uh, levels morality, we'll, we'll say. Uh, I'm not going to say they're all immoral people, but <laughs> they're certainly... Uh, we get get uh, caravans of them coming through our valley because this is the way you you go to get there from uh, up north, and uh, you see some pretty strange things going down the road or stopping along the way. But uh, anyway, they have now gone from eight people to fifty thousand people come down for the week, and they pay four hundred dollars, I think, uh, uh, a person to to come there and camp. And you have to bring in all your stuff. There's almost nothing for sale anywhere. They have little tramps that take you out to some store. But 50,000 people show up for the week, and then when they're all done, they go back. And it's a million, multi-dollar operation. Well, we're not interested in charging people. We're donation only because we're a church. 
Uh, and really, our motivation is the kingdom, getting people to come together. We had uh, festivals in Missouri uh, this year, uh, Feast of Tabernacles, again, Feast of Tents. And a number of people went there, and we had it here, and a number of people came here. And the caliber of the people has been increasing. Uh, the consistent caliber of the people has been increasing uh, every year since we've started getting a clearer picture of what the kingdom looks like and, and been preaching that. But we would we have room for more than 50,000 people on this property. Uh, we could easily handle 100,000, 200,000. I say easily. I mean, it would be a lot of work, and we'd need a lot of help and support. But we certainly can start handling hundreds uh, right away uh, with a little bit of investment on our part. Actually, we, we've invested everything into the kingdom, you know, uh, our donation last month, I think, was about ten dollars <laughs> uh, from the entire network. <laughs> but of course, the, we're not uh, central bank either, as we were talking about before the bank, uh, before the break. Uh, we're we're a ministry that's helping organize congregations of record. We teach people what the kingdom looks like what it looked like then and what it can look like today, how you get around a lot of the legal obstacles. But really what it's going to take is the spirit of sacrifice of people coming together to help one another. Now, I know a lot of people are balking and hesitating and skipping in that direction, you know, kind of stumbling along in that direction. But as things get worse and worse, your your motivation may increase. But really... You need the motivation of the Holy Spirit to start coming together now. And these festivals, if we can start getting people to commit to come, uh, talented people, musical people, uh, we want to put on uh, craft expos where they show you how to do a lot of the things that people have forgotten and don't know how to do now. Uh, it's got to be a lot of people making presentations, uh, speakers. Uh, we can set up microphone systems so that uh, everybody can hear. We've actually even thought about setting up broadcasting systems, which are really not that expensive. I mean, it will take a little bit of money, but I mean, you're talking a couple hundred dollars and maybe uh, even less where you put up a micro station. Uh, where everybody can be camping all over, you know, you camp a mile away and still hear the speakers uh, because they'll also be broadcast on your car radio. Uh, there's ample parking. <laughs> there's all kinds of things we'll have to have. Uh, if we start getting bigger, we will have people come out early and help us prepare. Uh, we will certainly need some donations probably to advance it, but we've always just depended on what come freely. But right now we need to start thinking, uh, can you bring other people? We have people meeting with other people that do piece the tabernacles, and we're going to offer them uh, to come for free. They have to pay the forest service now. Well, here they can come uh, to property that we have uh, been given access to. We actually have other property in the area that we might be able to use as well. Uh, it'll be the end of September. And start thinking about it. Start thinking about gathering other people. If you want to come from back east, start thinking about renting a bus. Start thinking about bringing your guitar. We had a guy brought his guitar, and he forgot to even bring it out. Uh, the fact is, is uh, uh, there's no place to uh, to sing and and. Uh, and uh, bring out your guitar or your musical instruments that are at the campfire because uh, you sound a lot better. And we actually have kind of a, 
a natural echoing area. Uh, we're surrounded by uh, buttes uh, that will, uh, you know, and we can get as loud as we want because our next neighbor is well more than a mile away. <laughs> and uh, so uh, it could be a lot of fun, and it could be a... a the idea is to build the place as a refuge for lots of people because there will be millions of people that will be fleeing the cities, etc. But we don't want to get into that, the scare tactics. Uh, we really want to do this because we want to connect you with other people that are starting to see the importance of being the government of the people, for the people, and by the people. And that is the real answer to liberty under God, which is the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. Liberty under God. God is your ruler. God is, you know, Christ appointed the princes of the kingdom. The, the apostles were not just ambassadors. They were the princes of the kingdom. We call them ambassadors because they don't have any right to exercise authority like the other governments. They're actually titular leaders. When Christ appointed the apostles and the people came out at Pentecost and said, okay, we'll get baptized in your government instead of the baptism of Herod, which had been around for years and years, they were forming a republic, which is why in the decline and fall of the Roman Empire by Edward Gibbons, he refers to the early church as a viable republic in the heart of the Roman Empire. You want to go back to republic, you want to create your state republics, you've got a conflict there. What are you going to do with all those federal employees in the state offices now? You're not going to create independent states and get state citizenship there now. You want to, you want to create an independent government. Start living an independent life. You're going to need other people to make that happen. So start gathering in your churches as they were intended to be, as they were in the early days of America. You went to church for all your social welfare. They were referred to, and we, we talk about this in the book, Higher Liberty, all of which you can download for free. We are a church. We are operating by faith, hope, and charity. We're not selling you anything. Now, yeah, you could... Buy some of these things online, but that may go away. You you may not be able to buy them online here pretty soon because we're being excluded because we're not registering our church with the government agency. We're registering our church with you. You are the ones who bear witness that we're a church. If you want to want us to remain a church, then you you write out an affidavit that says that. Uh, or, or whatever you a statement or whatever that that we're a non-profit, not-for-profit church, automatically tax exempt. You sign it with witnesses, notarize it, and email it to me, and I'll send it on to this institution that says we have to register with the proper jurisdiction. You're the proper jurisdiction that we're, we're registering with, and you don't have any exercising authority over us. God does. But we don't have any exercising authority over you either. God does. So what's God telling you to do right now? Seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness or create another church? People are constantly saying, in your church, do you believe? It ain't my church, folks. It ain't your church, folks. It's Christ's church. It's His church. We're not creating a church where... We can dictate to you. 
our private interpretation. I'll tell you what I believe, and I've been telling you, I've got books and books and books and books that tell you what I believe. But I'm not going to make it easy by just punching out a catechism phrase that you want to hear. Jesus wouldn't do that either. I mean, his own cousin saying, guys, are you the one? Did Jesus say, yeah, I'm the one? No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus, go tell them what you see me do. You see, that's the way it has to be because I don't want to give you a cheat sheet. You know, you got to, the test is you. You're going to have to do what Peter did. You have to know by the Father in heaven. You have to have the divine revelation to know whether you should go this way or not. Can you walk with us or not? You want to gather with us or not? That's your choice. We're not like the governments of the world. They tell you when to show up, when you have to do this, and when you have to do that. Yeah, the last week of September next year, we're talking about having a retreat. I may still be hand. <laughs> that last week of September. Come early and help me get that A off the field. But we have to start doing this in earnest because time is running out. We have to start building that network. Everybody in this network should have picked a contact minister by now on our living network. And everybody during the break, you should have gone and gone to hisholychurch.org. And all those of you who listen to the show later on uh, through Liberty Radio Live uh, should be joining that network and connecting with people in your local area because they can help you. There are other people that are starting to see the value of actually being the government of the people for the people and by the people. And there's no better place to start doing that than the church. Like I said, in higher liberty, the early churches in America were called embryonic republics because that's the way they operated. As soon as you look to the men who exercise authority to provide you with your benefits, you've gone into the bondage of Egypt. You have prayed to the pharaohs of the world, the Sauls of the world. I shouldn't pick on Saul. Saul wouldn't be even that bad, but he eventually was when he forced the sacrifice of the people. So anyway... So this is your Yom Kippur today. This is your Day of Atonement. This is also on this day in history. Happened to fall on the day of the Chicago Fire. You know, 300 people died in the Chicago Fire. $200 million in damage. That would be a lot more damage today. You're going to see billions of dollars in damage, not only from fires. Uh, you know, if some of you live long enough, you're going to get to see fire and brimstone coming down from heaven in the sight of men. from the heavens themselves not just from the beast you already see it from the beast you know that was the difference between the beast of the uh, at the time of Christ because they had they had a mark of the beast back then at the time of Christ and we have one today but you remember there was the beast and then there's the image of the beast the similitude of the beast which is what we have today what was the difference between those two things the difference between those two things was the image of the beast had the power to make fire come down from heaven in the sight of men. Now, that's not the same thing as fire and brimstone. But they were able to make fire come down from heaven in the sight of men. And you've all seen that already. You have. 
You've seen the image of the beast do that. What was the difference between the beast and the image of the beast? The beast, being Rome, had an army and a navy. The image of the beast, which is our modern Rome, our world order, or whatever you want to call it, has an army and a navy and an air force. So it can make fire come down from the heavens in the sight of men. It also can do it with artillery. But the point is, we're there now. We're going to have another mark of the beast, just like the mark of the beast back then. What was the mark of God? The Old Testament tells you what the mark of God, the top. What does that mean? The faith. Faith is the mark of God. Who out there has the mark of God? That's the big question. Because right now, the angels of God are, are putting the mark of God in your forehead. Can you live by faith? Or will you live by forced offerings? If you want to live by faith, then you have to start becoming a society that depends on free will offerings. And if you really love your neighbor as yourself, you can do that. And if you gather with others that have that law written in their hearts and their minds, not just put on by memorization, but actually in there, you can do this. You can get through some of the greatest disasters in the history of the world. Some of the greatest calamities. You will still need the grace of God. Believe me. You will need the grace of God. But you can, you can make it through there. And, and if you're old men like myself, you, you're not going to make it through. But if you're loving men, like I wish I am and hope I am, then you will gladly give up your life so that others may live. I have grandkids. But my grandkids aren't any more important to me than your grandkids. Then I might be emotionally, but spiritually speaking, they should not be. Because I have to love your grandkids as much as I love my grandkids. Or my 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 children. Or my great grandkids. I got great grandkids. <laughs> so um I should love your great-grandkids the same as mine. Those that are born and those that are not yet born. And you need to do the same. Because if you don't do the same, then you don't warrant the atonement of Christ. Because you're not doing what Christ said. Why aren't you doing what Christ said? If you love Him, it's easy. If you just say you love Him or you love the idea of Christ in your head, you're going to find it hard to love your neighbor. You're going to be selfish. The network that we're trying to build is the most unselfish network in the history of mankind. And it's going to need to be. Believe me, it's going to need to be. Well, you know, when the Chicago fire took place, there was another fire that took place for you folks in Wisconsin. You probably remember it. Or you're not old enough to actually remember it. But you may have heard of it anyway. Uh, is the Pacheco fire. 300 in the Chicago fire. Over a thousand died in the Pachigo fire. More property was lost in the Pachigo fire, but nobody heard about that because the newsmen weren't there. Well, nobody's hearing about the kingdom of God either because they're only hearing about it from the ministers who have delivered you back into the bondage of Egypt who are all caught up in words and, and feelings and not caught up in the true Spirit of God, which is neither words nor feeling. It's not flesh. That was the Peter, the rock, that Christ is going to build his church on. We talked about earlier on blog talk. 
Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because you know this not by the knowledge of men, by the flesh and blood of your own private interpretation, but it has been revealed to you in your heart and your mind. Isn't that the prophecy? I shall write my laws upon your hearts and upon your minds. That's what he's talking about. And it's that that he's going to build his church on. It is so dangerous to start memorizing creeds and eschatologies and doctrines. Because it's that you're just dangling fruit for the tree of knowledge. So anyway, we're going to talk more and take calls when we return. The keys to the kingdom in the second hour. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at libertyradiolive.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all the First Amendment Rights Media Group programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you can request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $20. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You can do all this online at LibertyRadioLive.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at the First Amendment Rights Media Group. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Let our motto be, Don't Tread on Me, LibertyRadioLive.com. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and I'm going to continue to talk about the kingdom of God. And until the cows come home. <laughs> and anyway, we're talking about a number of the things in the kingdom. We had our fall festival. Uh, it was a pretty good fall festival uh, this year. And we're going to have another one next year. And we'd like to make it as big as possible. And it's going to take the help of everybody in the network. Uh, during our fall festival here, we actually uh, joined with the rest of the community uh, that was putting on a spaghetti feed uh, 
a number of women were uh, coming together to do most of the cooking. Uh, a lot more of the community supplied the desserts, uh, and the whole thing was a fundraiser for a member of the community that uh, has a serious uh, uh, medical problem that uh, she's genetic, she's been plagued with it, but it got to the point where she was actually going to need an operation. And uh, uh, everybody came and they, and the spaghetti feed, and this is, this is actually pretty good for a little town. Uh, you know, there used to be more people living in my house than lives in the town of Summer Lake. Okay? And then my son moved to town, and it tipped the balance because he got married and started having children. And so suddenly the town was more populated than my living room. <laughs> so <laughs> that gives you an idea how big Summer Lake is. It's not incorporated. It's not a, uh, you know, I can, I'm can i looking out the window of my mobile studio right now, and I can see 30 miles down the valley, and there's not a house between me and Slide Mountain. <laughs> so... We're we're pretty remote out here, but this is a great place to have a retreat. We have lakes, uh, and we have uh, rivers. Uh, we'll take you down to the grotto. Uh, we we will have uh, uh, hundreds of acres of meadows. Uh, we have desert buttes, and we're right at the foot of the mountain. So within a few minutes, you could be up in the forest, Fremont National Forest, and see views. We took uh, Nissan and Justice up uh, there uh, just before uh, Justice had to go back to California. And uh, it was a pretty spectacular view that day. Of course, we got lots of firewood cut that day, too. We gathered with a lot of the locals. Uh, There was about five of us from the church, or was it six from the church, and uh, an equal amount from uh, locals who went up and... uh, uh, which is part of our extended network. Uh, we're cutting firewood for Widow Lady, and we cut six cord uh, that morning. Uh, or actually, it was about seven cord that morning. Uh, and we we cut that all up and got it delivered to her house. And we're probably cut up a little bit more. She uses way too much wood. We already have an appointment set up to see if we can't do something so she isn't. You know, that's about, what is that, five tons of wood <laughs> she's got to carry in. And she's 84 year old widow who gets almost I think she gets $360 a month social security Uh, she's not one of our widows we don't have any widows that we're taking care of right here that we need Uh, there are going to be a lot of widows in the network uh, unfortunately uh, because a lot of people are going to die in the years to come and you need to be prepared and if you're not going to be collecting social security which most of you will not collect whether you intend to or not because it won't be there it certainly won't be adequate. Uh, you're going to need to know how to take care of one another. So we find this, uh, a lot of the people in the community are just gathering together. Nobody in our community goes hungry. Everybody is taken care of. And this particular woman is, is very uh, self-reliant, independent, a very uh, good contributor to the community when uh, she was younger. And so we are helping her out and teaching people to help one another out and not looking to the government. Sometimes it's a weaning process and sometimes it's a cold turkey process. So anyway, those are some of the activities that we had incidental to the fall festival. We had three yurts up. Other people had their tents up. Uh, 
We had pretty good weather during the whole thing. We had people from as far away as uh, Connecticut. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, locals uh, who came and participated in some of our activities. Anyway, I didn't tell you how much the spaghetti feed with the smaller communities we had. It, it uh, grossed uh, $3,500 then, and uh, another uh, $1,500 donation was coming from uh, uh, someone local who is actually a little more prosperous than most of us. And so it was $4,500, which is pretty good for a tiny little community like we have here. And it was all to raise money for somebody who had a need. This is Faith, Hope, and Charity. Uh, they don't have uh, insurance uh, that will cover this kind of thing or anything, but it's actually life-threatening at this time. She has a number of children, and they work real hard to try to take care of their family. So we helped them. And that's what the kingdom is really about, is loving your neighbor as yourself, whether they're... Uh, they're a member of your congregation or not, that's not as essential as that love is essential. Okay, uh, some of the things that we talked about at the fall festival is uh, this tending to the daily ministration, which I just gave you some examples of how we are doing it here in this local community. Uh, and uh, then we talk about uh, negative and positive plans and foresight of Christ seeking a kingdom. See, and this fits real well into the Yom Kippur theme of today's show, which is repentance, because a lot of people think that the answer is rebellion against the world. You know, starve the beast, as if the beast depended upon your contributions to run it. it the beast gains its power by debt. Uh, it, it feeds on debt. It doesn't feed on your contributions. It could care less about your contributions. Uh, you're not going to starve the beast. That's a total illusion. Uh, you want to break from the beast, then start repenting. Start caring for one another. Start providing for one another. Start setting the table of the Lord, which is what Christ was doing. Uh, I was going to try to answer some email during the break. We didn't have enough Marshals, I didn't get it answered. <laughs> that's that's a you know that's one of the things of Liberty Radio Live is they're not played with commercials. I'm often on a lot of other stations, and there's commercial breaks every few minutes. And uh, but Liberty Live lets you ramble on for half hour at a time before they interrupt you with minimal commercials. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's something to consider about listening to this show on a regular basis. Uh, but anyway, uh, so it's the, the positive approach is what Christ said, which was repent, change your ways, and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will work itself out. Now, other guys say, you know, start the beast, stop paying your taxes. Well, you know, send me a card for jail, you know, because that's where you're going to end up. You're going to end up out there all alone. You haven't come together with anybody else. You're what we call the foolish virgins. The guys who, oh, well, I wouldn't participate. Yeah, you didn't participate, participate in the kingdom of the world. But you also didn't participate in the kingdom of God, which is what Christ was really preaching. And, you know, the idea that Christ was a fictional character shows that people haven't got a clue what Christ was really preaching. And the fact that they focus on these eschatologies that surround Christ today, rather than actually doing what he said, shows me also 
that they don't really believe in Christ because he was constantly saying, do, 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 judge them by works, etc., 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 and not be workers of iniquity, which all the churches of today really are because they delivered everybody back into the bondage of Egypt, which God said never to go back to. So I have to keep repeating that because you guys keep forgetting it. Uh, you've been forgetting it for thousands of years. Uh, okay, so... Uh, should you pay taxes? Yeah, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God. You haven't started giving to God what is God because you're actually not taking care of the widows and orphans and needy of your society through faith, open charity. You're not supporting the ministers of your government, of the people, for the people, and by the people by tithing to your ministers so that they can devote 24-7 to spreading the gospel of the kingdom. You say, well, you know, uh, you know uh, he doesn't give me my services. Well, it's not about you. It's about finding all the lost sheep. And if you want your ministers to go out and find the lost sheep to bring more of these skilled and diligent and loving people into your congregation, you're going to have to support them so they can get out there and find those sheep. Because while I'm out there chasing the sheep, I'm not tending to my own garden. And when I'm out there looking for all these lost souls and spending hours and hours answering phone calls and doing broadcasts. I'm not tending to my family. And my family family has been extremely gracious in letting me do this. But you should be supporting this ministry. But you choose to. I'm not kicking in your door. I'm not twisting your arm. And how do you support this ministry? By gathering together in your local congregation, forming congregations of record, and supporting those local uh, ministers. And if they're not doing uh, what Christ said to do, stop supporting them and get pick different ministers. But do something, for God's sake. Stop just rebelling and complaining and hiding out and, and stacking your own storehouse. Start setting the table of the Lord by gathering together in faith, hope, and charity and with a view not merely on your own own little comfortable congregation but upon the kingdom of God which is congregations of congregations of congregations if you love your neighbor as yourself you'll love your neighboring congregation think kingdom and start being that government of the people for the people and by the people so we talked uh, this week they talked a little bit about limited liability um Limited liability, well, Moses talks about limited liability. It just depends on how you interpret it. When he said, I'm for an eye and tooth for a tooth, he's giving you limited liability. I'm not responsible for all the teeth in your mouth if I knock one tooth out. Just that tooth. Those are ceiling limits. And he had to put them on there because of the hardness of their hearts. And, and that's what he was talking about. So limited liability in itself is not a bad thing, again, we have to go back to the spirit that's guiding you. Should you start a limited liability company in order to do business in the world? I'm not going to rule on that. I'm not going to tell you what you can do. I'm saying my job is to tell you to seek the kingdom. The stepping stones that you step on on your way towards the kingdom, that's between you and God. And you're going to have to work out your... St- I'm not going to give you a ten-step plan to the kingdom. i give you a three-step plan. Love God, love your neighbor, and start gathering together so that love can be a real love, a practical doing love, and not uh, in the pew, sit there, do nothing love. 
start forming those congregations that can actually take care of the social welfare of your community, not just yourself, but others. Start thinking about others as much as... I tell you, if you started doing that, we would cure depression in this country. Most depression in this country is caused by people that are thinking about themselves more than thinking about others. You don't have time to be depressed if you really are spending your time loving others. Should the church be incorporated? Uh, Should it be an unincorporated association? Well, obviously not. And we've talked about the body of Christ versus body of the state. Uh, cores and holy matrimony. We have people constantly. I've, I've traveled thousands, tens of thousands of miles, marrying people across the country who just want to be married. Want to form a kind. Don't have time for congregation. Just want to get married, and I don't want the state in there. That's not my motivation. I don't care if you go get a marriage license or not. I tell you what it is. We write about it in Holy Matrimony versus Marriage. Again, Covenants of the Gods free on the net uh, for the time being, as long as I can keep paying the net bills. <laughs> uh, although, you know, we let people copy it so it'll be around even long after I'm gone. But it won't be around on the net long after the net's game. So you need to start writing these things in your heart. But the point is, is yeah, that's what marriage licenses are. Is it's a party contract between you, your spouse, and the state. And, yeah, I don't encourage that, but I can't tell you not to do it. I don't have the right to tell you not to do it. I tell you what it is, you go decide. It's between you and God. I can tell you what holy matrimony is. That's a contract between you and spouse. But the emphasis is not upon contract, but upon relationship. Because you don't want to be married for husband and wife. You want to be Husband and wife, capital husband, capital wife, the great domestic relation, and we talk about that in the article. But in order to accomplish that, you need witnesses. Where do you get those witnesses? Do you just grab people off the street? No, you need a congregation of record. You need other people that care about your marriage as much as you do because they care about you as much as you do. They care about your children as much as they care about their own children. Can you imagine the society that you form when you start gathering under those precepts upon precepts? That is what I believe you need to be striving and seeking. That is what the kingdom looks like. It's people caring about each other as much as they care about themselves, loving the nature of God, which is a giver of life, rather than a taker of life. God does not covet. Well, and you can use that word loosely in some ways. He, he does, but he covets his own. He doesn't covet. He gives you the right to make a choice as to come to Him or not. But that choice is made in your spirit. And once you make it in your spirit, your your mind may lead you that way, but if the world has control of your mind and your emotions, they can lead you away. You need to give control to this Holy Spirit. And evidence of the fact that you haven't done this is because you are back in the bondage of Egypt. But anyway, I, I know there's a chat room with uh, this... Uh, uh, show and if you if you're listening live you get into the chat room and ask some questions we have a co-host here who's sitting there quietly as I ramble on and he will check that and try and get back to me and interrupt me if he sees a good question come in uh, so if you have questions in the chat room go ahead and voice those questions uh, if uh, we're, uh, we all have a call in number and if you have a good question 
uh, or you think it's a good question, or if you have a question that you really feel needs to uh, be answered, or something that you really feel needs to be shared, uh, you can call in at this number. And it's 414-395-2442. 414-395-2442. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll take that call, but I'm going to continue on with this outline that we shared through the Living Network uh, as to some of the things that we talked about at the uh, at the retreat. Maybe we should tell the people that, uh, are, that are listening how to get to the chat room. It's uh, okay. Uh, yeah, we were just looking for that, but I yeah, you got it. I got Go it. It's wwfar only two w's dot com wwfar dot com slash farm farm slash chat. And then you can get to the chat room, and there's uh, there's probably ten people there now. So yeah, if you if you just want to put a question up there, uh, just ask Paul and say, Paul, what about this? And then uh, he'll relay that on to me, and we'll try to answer your question. Uh, but of course, Christ is the answer, so I could just say that, and then we could end the show right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> but we won't. Uh, anyway, the uh, uh, continuing on with the outline that we were looking at uh, during the retreat, we had lots of wonderful campfire talks, uh, some really deep soul-searching talks in some of the evenings uh, because we had uh, some very talented people, some uh, people that have really uh, uh, been touched by the Holy Spirit and, and are, are being led by the Holy Spirit that came there. And it was... Uh, Pretty in depth at times. So, uh, uh, what what would it be like a day in the ministry of the uh, of the kingdom of God? What would that day look like? Of course, he's health, education, and welfare. He's the FEMA of the people. He is the government of God, which is a government of service. So he would always be figuring out ways of serving the people. And again, one of those major services that he provides which you will not feel right off. He's not going to fill your pockets with gold necessarily because that isn't really the treasure of the kingdom. He's going to seek other people that have talents, abilities, resources, and love in their hearts to share them with those seeking the kingdom. And, and he's going to seek those. That every time you bring one of those people within the congregation and the congregations of congregations, this network that is the kingdom, Everyone in the kingdom is enriched by the presence of this individual. Now, we can see him bringing physical resources, but reality is that the real quantum spiritual treasure is in the spirit. Because your real liabilities are in the spirit. You have accepted damnable heresies. Everybody has to one degree or another. You have been under a strong delusion. Everybody would be to one degree or another. And it is by the grace of God that you can be freed from that. And much of that grace, just like we see the woman healed by touching the the, uh, hem of uh, Christ's garment, uh, you can become an instrument of that Holy Spirit in that person's life. That's one thing I've learned over the years is that 
as you begin to follow the Holy Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit, and you receive that one talent, one little tiny portion of the treasure of the Holy Spirit in your life, you can walk into a room and bring the Holy Spirit into the room. You can bring it into relationships. We are to preach the gospel of the kingdom to every creature. That word there also means institutions. Actually, that's really what it means. Uh, it can actually even mean a building. And, of course, they're not talking about talking to a building, but institutions of the world. People have a right to create their institutions. Most of the institutions they created are outside of the desires of God for us. But Cain went out of the presence of God and created his institution. Nimrod did. You, could, you have the right to do that, but you will suffer the repercussions of doing that. You're not going to get away with anything. It's not saying it's right to do that. He's giving you the choice, and you will suffer. The prodigal son can leave and go out of the presence of his father. And, and he always has the opportunity of repenting, although God clearly makes it that I will not strive with you forever when he speaks to Cain. But you have the right to be wrong, but you will not escape the repercussions of being wrong. God gives you the right of choice. And you will suffer by that choice, or you will be rewarded by that choice according to God's judgment. And so don't think you're getting away with anything simply because you have the liberty of choice. Now, you don't have the right to rob others, abuse others, scandalize others, corrupt others, uh, especially children. You don't have the right to do that. And that's why God made men to go out there and... Uh, and punish the wicked. And so, you know, we we our our job is not really so much punishment as to protect the innocent, but often the wicked get punished in that process. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, the minister is the government of God. It is a government ministry. If you are a minister of the church, you are a government. And that is the government we all register with when we Create that chain of recognition by two or more witnesses. That is the re- that is the registration of the church, not with an exercising authority, but with each other by bearing witness one for another. That's how Christ became king. He was born king. He had the right to be king. But when the people said, "Hail, highest son of David," he was their king. Those who would not say that, they had no king but Caesar. But just saying it don't make it so. They had to actually start being the kingdom of God, and so do you. Sweating in their linen. The Levites were not to be sweating in their linen. They were to be supported. Now, they had work to do. Remember, where did their linen come from? You were to make the underwear of the Levites, the coverture of the Levites. In other words, you were, by signing papers that say you recognize this individual as a minister, that's your recognition. You can always withdraw it with another piece of paper. But you're recognizing that that minister is a minister, and you give him something to consummate that recognition, which is, you know, all these are legal processes in government. You give him power to be your servant, your minister. But you have to do that. And that is making his linen. But you're not to make him sweat in the linen. In other words, make him do $2,000 worth of work a month and then donate 10 bucks. That, that don't cut it. He is paid 
according to your heart and your spirit. And if you don't think he's working, don't pay him. This is a free government. And the governments of the world, you don't have that choice. But if you choose not to make that choice in supporting your minister, don't cry out to God to save you. When you didn't care enough to try to save others, all those people who had not heard the gospel of the kingdom. If you're not preaching the gospel of the kingdom through your ministers, or picking ministers who are actually out there day by day, 24-7, preaching the gospel of the kingdom in big ways to get that news out. Now, most people aren't going to hear this. We're not looking for every sheep out there. We're looking for the lost sheep, those who will hear his voice and come. I always tell the story of the sheep when they were leaving the field out here and I was up on top of a mountain with somebody from New York and uh, there they were marching out the gate just heading out to the desert and uh, I yelled down to them they all heard me they all all looked up two thirds of them went back all the way back down the road went back in the gate and stood inside the gate the other third kept going they were following Korah and Cora this year, we sold her to a Russian. We loaded her up in his van, <laughs> along with a couple other troublemaking old sheep. <laughs> and he drove away. You could see this van going down the road and all these sheep looking out the windows. And, uh, well, we sold her to the Russians and they ate her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a Cora was devoured. <laughs> so, but it doesn't mean we don't still have Cora's popping up now and then. <laughs> But anyway, uh, you're not to make these ministers sweat in their linen. You're supposed to support them. You're supposed to help them work. Everybody says, oh, we don't need ministers. We're all ministers. If all the minister is is a team leader that you pick because he's really good at doing what you don't have the time to do, and you help him do it by supporting him. How do you support him? You minister to him. How do you minister to him? You support him. Get it? You're all ministers. You're all... Every... Head of every household in the congregation is an elder. And it is your job to pick the best minister to go out there and find the lost sheep, the best shepherd to find the lost sheep, and rebuke him when he's not doing a good job, and support him when he is. And that's if you don't do that, you're not going to find the kingdom, and you're not repenting. You desert, You are the slothful. You are the foolish virgin. And you should be under tribute. And if you rebel and they catch you and they arrest you and throw you in jail, so be it. Because you're an unrepentant soul. And that's why the governments of the world are there, to punish the wicked. And you're the wicked because you would not share with others. You would not seek the lost sheep. You would not take the time to do it. And you have been slothful. And the slothful should be under tribute. And if you refuse to pay tribute, your daddy should spank you. And God's not going to come down and spank you. That's what the governments of the world are there for. They'll spank you. And they like spanking you. (laughs) So, anyway. (laughs) So, uh, people talk about the natural flow of the kingdom. Well, yeah, the natural flow of the kingdom is just what I described. You care enough about your neighbor to actually try to get the gospel of the kingdom to him the neighbors you know and the neighbors you don't know. And you're going to try to reach out to all the world and spread the gospel of the kingdom. Not this gospel of churchanity that's been spread and brought you all back into the bondage of Egypt. Not the eschatologies of these uh, men who aren't even foolish virgins. 
And I've heard you. They've been praying at the wrong altars for years. They've been coveting their neighbor's good because somehow there's this damnable heresy that you don't have to obey the Ten Commandments. Even though Jesus said, if you want eternal life, you know the commandments keep them. And that includes nine and ten. Okay? We got that? We're going to go to another break, and we'll be back. And uh, you can call in with a question, or you can enter it into the chat room, or I'll just keep going on with some of the other uh, ideas that came up in the fall festival. Pledge allegiance to the King of Kings, and to his kingdom come, on earth as it is in heaven. One holy nation, and our heavenly Father, great mercy, justice for all. The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment Rights Media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. Corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content. So without your help, these programs cannot continue on Internet or our several affiliates. If you benefit by the educational law programs, we ask you to give. If you are admonished or nurtured by the Bible and ministry programs, we ask you to give. If some voice a cause that you are passionate about, we ask you to give. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our Listen and Schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host cause and anywhere else the spirit may lead you do all to the glory of our god and creator for his holy nation the only kingdom that will last forever thank you for listening If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. 
war of federal aggression. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of federal aggression. Get it today. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. We've been talking about some of the things that we... Uh, uh, talked about at the retreat again uh, for those of you who don't know we have a fall retreat here usually the last weekend of September and there's a reason why we picked that uh, because of the logistics in this community this is opening day of duck hunting season I'm down here at the Summer Lake Lodge in my mobile studio they let me hook into DSL so we can do this program uh, and uh, have call-ins and uh, have a co-host and all those things which can't out where I live and uh, it's about uh, 38 degrees in the, in the studio this morning. <laughs> so it's really warmed up from earlier this morning. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do in January. <laughs> I have to bring down some extra blankets and quilts. Uh, but uh, I could do it inside the lodge, uh, but... Uh, they, they'll let me have the back room, but they, they, they're letting me do this for free, which is part of our, you know, because of our community outreach. We do so many things for the community. They just were welcoming us down there. Sure, just plug right in. And, and uh, so that, that's a great mercy for us because we don't have any funds to do this. We have somebody that will rent us a trailer that has DHL, uh, but we don't have the funds to rent it. So we're not going to be doing that until we have those funds. <laughs> And that is the problem is we live so far out, there is no DSL out where we are. So this is the way we have to do this. But um, so anyway, we've, we've told them we'd give them a plug now and then uh, at Summer Lake Lodge, but that they're not going to do any business unless you come here. Now, we did give throw some business there where, during the retreat. But if we put on the retreat that we want to have, the Burning Bush Retreat, uh, the Fall Festival with a burning bush. We're actually going to pile up a bunch of brush and we'll have uh, burning bushes from time to time. You, you'll find it uh, really amazing when you see greasewood burn up because that stuff sends a column of flames high into the air. It's full of oils. And uh, we have lots of greasewood that we can clear off. And if we clear it off in the fall, uh, it will uh, come back in the spring and it's great feed for sheep and cattle uh, when it comes back up from roots that we will live behind. So we'll be doing that, but we would like to bring in lots of entertainment, lots of people who will share skills and knowledge. Uh, but really, the key thing, the same as it always been, the fall festivals were to bring communities in contact with other communities. So even if you can't go, you should be working in your congregations uh, and your groups to finance somebody from your group to go. And then if you're working together, you should try to get group rates to maybe even come out on train or uh, rent a bus. We have some people that can drive a, a bus and and bring them out. And in order to do that, we're going to need to get uh, the sh- uh, in large numbers. We need to start getting the 
radio show out to lots more people, the website, and bring more people to the Living Network and start forming those congregations of record. That means you all have to work at that. You all have to do what you can do. Uh, find those that are good at working and networking and support them in that effort. That's very important where you're not seeking the kingdom except for yourself, which is not, that's a kingdom of one. Seeking the kingdom means thinking about others as much as you think about yourself. That's half of the commandments of God right there. If you really were doing that, that's half of the commandments of God. The other half is you have to love God, and His righteousness, His character, and, and who He is. And start doing things in His character, which is the same as doing things in His name. And when we mention name, well, we're mentioning words. And words are babble. Words have multiple definitions. And somebody in the chat room has a question. If you join the Living Network by going to hisholychurch.org, dropping down the drop menu of the guy with the net and joining a local group in your area, uh, what you do is you join usually by state, and there's different states, and some states are linked with other states. So if you're if you're in uh, Idaho or Wyoming or uh, uh, Montana, you would join the Oregon group because right now those are all inclusive. We just had somebody from Wyoming join this, uh, uh, I think it was yesterday, and picked a contact minister. At least he just picked a contact minister yesterday, uh, who is uh, the minister of record at his church at Vail, Cottonwood, or his church at Cottonwood, excuse me, in Vail. Um, and uh, we'll start linking them up. I know there are other people in Montana and Wyoming, but you guys have to start reaching out to one another. And every time you do this, again, you're bringing in skills and talents and resources uh, in a way that no other government does because we're only taking the cream. We're taking those that care about one another as much as they care about themselves. And if you don't have that, you're not going to have a free government. But back to words. Uh, Somebody asked, uh, why do they have to elect a uh, contact minister? Uh, what we call a PCM, a personal contact minister. Why are they elected rather than just picked or chosen? Well, you know, I used to hate to use the word church. You know, it left such a bad taste in my mouth because I dealt with church since I was a small boy, studied in the seminary and everything, and I saw the hypocrisy of the church. And so I didn't want to use the word church anymore. And I understand a lot of people are still there. But eventually, I forgave them. And now it no longer has a hold on me. You want to break the chains that bind you in the world, that manipulate and control you? Forgive. Nothing breaks chains like forgiveness. Forgive so that you may be forgiven. You want to, Christ died for my sins, so I'm forgiven. Not if you haven't forgiven others. If you do not forgive, neither shall ye be forgiven. I mean, that's your Bible. That's what Jesus says. Figure it out. Okay, so forgive, and then you won't be in bondage to words. Move from the Spirit, not from words. If you focus on words, you'll fall into the pits of the Pharisees. This is why I warn people about trite, creed, and catechism-type answers. You know, who do you think Jesus is? The importance is not the question or your answer as much as it is where your answer came from. 
If it came from a catechism or a doctrinal statement or memorized or taught or whatever, it means nothing. It only means something if you are it's revealed by God in your heart and in your mind. Because that's the rock upon which Jesus is going to build his church. So why do you have to elect? Let's look at the word elect. Uh, let's look, look at uh, the synonyms that go along with the word elect. Because if I say elect, you think presidential election. You think voting. That's what you think. Especially if you resent the world and the governments that they've created by suckering you into these systems where you elect the minister who calls himself a benefactor and exercises authority. If you still resent him, if you're angry with Obama, Obama's a victim. He's a victim of the sloth of the people. He's also a victim of his own pride and and uh, uh, his own nature. But uh, I can't do anything about that. But he's also a victim because he's suckered into that job and suckered into serving the people that put him. So, okay, get over the word elect. Don't think that that's the only thing it means. Some of the synonyms, accept. That's what the uh, synonym for elect. Accept, admit, appoint. Why is he a personal contact minister? Because you appointed him to be your personal contact minister. He's not the minister of a congregation until two guys pick him. And now he's a personal contact minister for two people, so two people have picked him. And eventually you can create a congregation of record from that process. But right now he's just a contact minister. He's just going to try to keep you in contact or make contact with other people so that you can eventually form a congregation. But you picked him. You elected him. You appointed him. So you get to fire him anytime you want. You can change your election. We don't have to wait till the second Tuesday of any month. You can do it right now. You can elect them one minute, fire them the next. Because he's you're electing him to be a servant. Now, he doesn't have to serve you. He can step down anytime he wants. We're talking freedom here. We're talking a government based on the perfect law of liberty. Choices. <coughs> one, of the, one of the synonyms for the word elect is coal. So you get to elect... To have them, you get to elect the fire. That's a pure republic. He's only a titular representative. He doesn't. He can't sign treaties for you. He doesn't have anything. He's got to do the job, or you fire him. The responsibility remains with you. You haven't lost anything, like you do with the elections in the world. So don't mix the two up. You can call it what you want, but we have to use a word there. Yeah, you can look up the definition of the word uh, elect. To choose or select by vote. That's the first definition of the word in... Which dictionary is this? Uh, I, can't, I can't even tell. Uh, but anyway, it's in one of these dictionaries. That's the first definition of the word. Second definition is to determine in favor of. That's all. You determine in favor of. The third one is to pick out. To choose. So why can't we use the word to choose? Well, you can use it, but i got to write down something, and that's what we wrote down. And so maybe I wrote it down so that you can come face-to-face with the fact that you still resent the world, and you, you use that word elect, it gives a bad taste in your mouth. And I understand that. 
I just started out with a personal confession that I didn't want to use the word church. I started out using the word ecclesia. But the fact is, the word ecclesia was corrupted back then, too. It's what you mean by it. And when you talk to people, you have to listen to what they mean by it. If you are, if words are triggering what you're thinking, you're subject to words. You're not subject to the Spirit. You see, this is the danger. This is the Tower of Babel. You don't want to be subject to words. And again, the way to become, to break those bonds, those chains, is to forgive. And and take the time to care about other people long enough to find out what they actually mean. You know, uh, as an adjective, it, it's also a word. Also, the word elect can be a noun. And, and they have, uh, I'm looking here, I see ten different definitions for the same word. So, we have enough supporting documentation to say what it is that we're talking about. Yes, you elect a contact minister, then you can unelect them. You're not giving him any power over you or anything. You're giving him an opportunity to try to connect you with other people. And uh, that's what the Living Network and the network is all about, is to connect you with other people. Is that the kingdom? No. But it's, it's giving you an opportunity to start learning what it means to love one another. Because we're going to try to connect you with people as close to you as possible. You say, oh, there's nobody on the network close to me, so I'm getting off the network. The way you change that is not getting off the network. The way you change that is working at finding other people in your area. We have found people on the very next street. And the only reason they found each other is they joined the network. They had lived next to each other for for years. But they didn't know the other guy was there until they joined the network and picked a contact minister who started putting them. Yeah, you can't join the network and see everybody's address. We've had guys want to join the network. They want to know who everybody else is on the network. And we say, well, who are you? And they say, well, I'm, and they give us some fictitious name. You know, it's fictitious. And you say, well, where are you at? Well, I don't tell anybody where I'm at. I just want to know where everybody else is at. That is the antithesis of the kingdom. I don't care about anybody else. I just, uh, I just want to know. I don't want to help anybody. I just want to find people I can hit up and get to help me. Well, hey, you belong in the world. You belong subject to Pharaoh and and Caesar and Obama and anybody else. Because you don't know the gospel of the kingdom. So anyway, that kind of answers that question. That's the word we picked, and we define it, and it shouldn't hurt anybody if you use that. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but that's what we got there. So, <laughs> and we're using elect in the sense of choose. So, uh, But that was a great that they asked that question because I got to go into my little rant and rave about words. We're not to be subject to words. We're to, this is, the kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. It's not bound by words. And if you look at all the stuff we do, we're not binding people by words. But there is an importance to testimony. And uh, the PCM has no exercising authority whatsoever. The minister of record has no exercising authority over your choices whatsoever. He only has exercising authority over what you give him freely. So, anyway, uh, I think there's some more questions here. Okay, well, that, evidently they're still saying that uh, testifying is one thing, but election, I just can't do it. But, again, if you look up the word election, 
it's just choosing. That's uh, that's there's a, here you go to a World English Dictionary to choose. <laughs> that's the definition of elect. Uh, second definition to select. Okay, so that's the guy you selected. Uh, again, uh, election isn't what you you can make it mean any of these definitions. Just pick out the one you want, and we define it. So again, don't be bound by words. Uh, because you're cutting yourself off. You know, and we have set up a certain amount of things that, you know, some hoops that people would have to jump through, but they're really very low to the ground. We show people both sides of the hoop so you're not jumping over cliffs. We, you don't leave any rights anywhere or anything like that. Everything is free will choice. But it really has cut out a lot of the riffraff by creating these things where you have to elect a contact minister. Why are you electing a contact minister? For yourself? You're electing him so that he can find others. That's what it, that's, it needs to be your motivation. It's probably not purely your motivation to help others. Because you probably don't care about others as much as you care about yourself. But in the process of seeking the kingdom through this this uh, system we set up, you're going to come face to face that you're actually more in love with your eschatologies or theologies or yourself or your stuff or whatever it is. And the evidence that will be in your actions. Because you you won't be able to do something. You'll say, I can't do that because I can't do this because... And Christ talks about these people. Oh, I can't come because... of got to go do this first. You know, it's the wait a minute, man. We're not looking for wait a minute, man. We're not looking for people all bound up in words and doctrines and dogmas and mythologies and theologies. You know, I, I tell the story of the guy who said that what are the qualifications of a contact minister? You have to care about others as much as you care about yourself. And you actually have to do what you say and say what you do. That's the qualifications. He says, well, I have a theology degree. And I said, well, now you got me worried. Because the kingdom of God is simple. So now everybody, this show is going to come to an end pretty soon. And then what are you going to do? You say, oh, that was an interesting show. Now I'll just go do whatever I want to do. you got to start doing what Christ wants you to do. He wants you to seek the kingdom of heaven not just for yourself, but for others as much as yourself. As much as yourself. And you ministers out there, unfortunately, your job description is that you have to care about others more than yourself. And the reason why, the same reason the Levites left the Walden camp and the Golden Calf before the Ten Commandments came down and left behind everything they had put into the Golden Calf and were willing to step out and become these ministers that belong to God because they cared about doing the will of God more than they cared about their personal wealth or themselves. They became bondservants of God. And they belonged to God. And they were registered with God in their hearts and in their minds. And then they went back in to the walled-in camp, going in and out the gates. And that is the mission of the church, to go in and out the gates. And I, I talked to a few of you, and some of you maybe picked up on a little bit of They're trying to shut the gates on us. And we need to go in and out of it. So I'm sure everybody heard the early part of the show that you need to create a little statement. If you don't want to use the word affidavit, fine. <laughs> Whatever you want to say, a statement that states that his 
Church at Summer Lake is a nonprofit, not for profit church organization that is automatically exempt from taxes. And by this statement, I give evidence to that fact. And uh, if you're a minister of record, go ahead and get it notarized or whatever with your uh, your your elected or chosen <laughs> uh, 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 notary and uh, email it to me in a PDF format so that I can print it out and send it off to these guys trying to close the gates to the church and because we're going in with the word of God testimony of one for each other and uh, if we get this gate open maybe we'll get it done for everybody and the congregations of record and uh, we will be able to have one more tool in our tool chest for preaching the gospel of the kingdom and setting the table of the Lord but it's going to take the support and love and sacrifice and obedience to God's will of everyone. If you want to know what God's will is, be still. Shut your brain off for a minute. Stop talking to yourself and painting pictures on your mental wall there. And start being quiet and pray to God. Fast from that for a short period of time. Fast for the, from that and pray that God starts to guide you in your ways. That's a very humble place you have to go. That's your prayer closet. And this day of Yom Kippur, this day of atonement, this day of repentance is a good day to start the new year of the, in the kingdom of God. And so everybody, I plead with you, I ask with you, I beseech you to consider the kingdom of God is worth seeking with your whole heart, mind, and soul. And that means you have to seek the righteousness of God, the weightier matters of Christ, and ways and, and uh, means by which you can love your neighbor as yourself because you're going to need that network of loving individuals in order to get through the days ahead. So anyway, uh, we've got through most of the notes. Uh, I don't see... Okay, Scott wants me to repeat that. Uh, we need a statement. We could use a statement. I don't know if it'll do any good, but uh, we've got a number of things that we're going in, and we'll talk about that in one of our closed conference calls that we have. There's supposed to be a conference call Sunday. It was moved to 9 uh, Pacific time. Uh, I don't have any information about uh, the call in, uh, what numbers I'm supposed to call in. I don't know if I missed it or it was never given or what. The time was shifted around. Uh, and that's this Jerusalem conference thing that people have talked about. Also, if people want to talk about what, uh, you know, so that everybody didn't call me individually, what gates are they're trying to close, I'll do that. Make a conference call. We won't, probably won't record it. Uh, but anyways, uh, we need a statement that states that his church at Summer Lake is a church not for profit uh Organization, something to that effect. I don't want you to word it exactly, but these are the elements that uh, is automatically tax exempt uh, and uh, is uh, 
under the jurisdiction of God, established by Jesus Christ. You know, these kinds of things you can add to it. And that you're giving your personal testimony as to that fact uh, because we are a bona fide and recognized church. And uh, rather than going to the state to get their blessing, we're asking for your blessing. Uh, so that's your personal testimony. And we have a lot of documents to that effect, and that's part of that chain of authentication. But if we could get one more uh, from each congregation of record and uh, uh, even from individuals, that would be great because I would just keep uploading them <laughs> to this, uh, uh, this business that doesn't want to do business with the church because of the fact that we won't register with the state. Even though they have admitted that we don't have to register with the state to be considered tax exempt or nonprofit because we're a church. So anyway, so we got less than a minute to go before the show is over. So that's that. Uh, don't forget, we've got to start thinking of the fall festival out here. Of course, we don't mind you having fall festivals locally, uh, but we really want to make this as big as we can. So we have to work towards that. Until then, may peace be upon your house and may God be with you. Thanks, Paul. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.